Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony at the Women's Football World Cup. A glorious celebration of music from around the world, all written by women and chosen specially for Cacophony by leading female musicians. I'm joined by Elena Katschenin, who's picked music full of vibrancy, imagination and fun. The World Cup starts today, so it's a good time to focus on co-hosts Australia, a nation that takes its sport very seriously and is producing lots of great music too. Elena Katz-Chenin is one of the world's best-known composers and she's passionate about the music that she's picked. Elena squeezed this cacophony project into her busy schedule. She seems not to have stopped working on music since the very beginning. My mum played piano, so we had a piano. That's how it started. My sister, who's two years older than me, she had piano lesson and I watched it because it was the babysitting for my parents. Yeah. When I'm just sitting there, I'm sitting in. And after the lesson, I just played everything my sister had to play. And I was four and I didn't even have to learn it. It was just there. And I remember it was so easy. And Amazing. until that point, I couldn't speak very well. I spoke very late. Maybe mm-hmm. at three and a half, I started speaking by showing this kind of <laughs> ability. My parents were very relieved that I didn't completely fail in my development. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, from that on, I never stopped playing piano and I've never stopped loving piano. And I composed my first piece when I was five. Wow. And I wrote it down pretty much. I, I learned to write things down pretty quickly. It was always easier for me than writing words, writing music uh, or yeah. reading music. It's just like reading a book, but actually easier. <laughs> wow, extraordinary. So you're you're a born composer. Yeah, and it's in a way, it, sometimes I say my life is a little boring because I've never done anything else. <laughs> I've never really tried much else. I did do some sports. I did ice skating. I did other things a little, but... I was never passionate about those things. I was always passionate about composing. That's amazing. That kind of does make the question about what music means to you harder because it so clearly does mean everything to you. Yeah, I can't imagine. Of course, music is different. There are different pieces of music. Music is, what is it? Is it something you hear at a concert? You hear it at home? You hear, is it a background in a shop? What is music? Where is music? So music is everywhere, of course. Mm. Different kinds. I'm not passionate about every kind of music, uh, but I am passionate about music that my friends play, my colleagues play, music I'm writing. I'm passionate about the current piece I'm writing, always (laughs) more than about pieces I've written before. I'm living through ups and downs of creation constantly. So I'm always thinking, is the piece any good or is it going to be good? (laughs) Am I going to make it better? Oh, good. So I'm, I'm living through writing mostly. So less consuming music rather than actually creating it. Yes. Has this been an unusual thing for you to do then to have to select music by other people? In a way, yes. But also I loved it because it actually gave me a chance to listen to some really wonderful pieces and discover something new. I actually don't do that enough, I feel. The days are really full with a lot of writing and a lot of also administration, like checking parts and uh, orchestral parts and just things which composers all have to do. So it's nothing unusual, but it takes a lot of time. And so the time that's left is very little to listen to other people's music. So I really loved it. 
I loved choosing. I loved different composers. I discovered composers I didn't know. They're not necessarily in the group that I have sent to you. Yeah. Because you said to limit myself. <laughs> and <I did. laughs> Sorry. But that's okay. But I, I was very lucky that I have met some women composers in different situations, mostly in a concert or in a rehearsal space, or backstage or at, in, as an audience member. So I have met women composers and I tried to contact them, the ones I knew. Yep. So it's great. We've got, I think we've got a list of seven pieces and they're all living composers. Yes. Was that a conscious decision or are there just fewer sort of historical female composers from Australia? I didn't even think of choosing someone who's not around. Isn't that interesting? But in the end, there is actually only really very few women composers who have died in Australia. There are some. Peggy Glendrick Hicks, Margaret Sutherland, Miriam Hyde, Dulcie Holland. They're very good composers. But I just thought it was exciting to learn also the very new now, what's happening now. Who would I like people to listen to outside Australia? Who would I like to put forward as a support? Maybe those composers will profit from this. Maybe it will be helpful. So let's turn to some music. The first piece that you sent me was Gambambara by Brenda Gifford. We get two composers for the price of one here because it's arranged for tuned percussion by Jessica Wells. Yes, I just was immediately taken by this piece. A lot of the composers that I've chosen are playing musicians. She, I think, plays saxophone and piano. She's a First Nations composer, and it's very important that we listen to her because she creates really wonderful things. And she connects to the country and to the earth and to what it means. I think this piece means something about seasons, spring. It's spiritual. It has wonderful sounds. I love the noises. I love how she works with rhythmic, with almost like whispering noises. Plus, it's beautiful harmony. I loved the way she used sometimes simple chords, but they're just very haunting. A lot of the pieces that you've proposed and given us have uh, a massive sense of energy and quite a lot of fun. That's because I love fun. (laughs) I don't do boring very well. I have quite a low threshold (laughs) for boredom. And, And yet, having said that, I'm never, ever bored. So that's just saying that I like to be drawn into by a piece immediately. I don't want to wait too long or... It's not about stillness because I love still music that's sparse and still as well. Yeah. It's just I like vibrancy, I like invention, I like imagination. And we, if I heard imagination in all of those. Yes. And Holly Harrison's power up is full of fun and energy. Yeah, I couldn't get it out of my head when I heard it. I met Holly a few months ago in a concert with Sydney Symphony where she had a piece and I had a piece. She's incredibly likable, very uplifting person. She's really a star in Australia. She gets a lot of commissions. She does a lot of work. What I found fascinating about her piece and about her ways of writing, because she played drums in a band before, she comes always from the drum set point of view. She said she writes, she even creates the germ of a piece as a drum set. And she imagines all the arms and feet working. And Mm. then she translates it into the orchestration. It's very uplifting and very fun. It's terrific stuff. It felt a little bit like like music from a James Bond film. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and it was powerful and it was full. It was big. It was a really big sound. I love that. Yeah, she doesn't shy away from huge brassy sounds and pulsating syncopations. <laughs> She's, yeah, full of ideas. I love that. It's only a short piece, but just even in that short amount of time, it still manages to surprise you. There's a kind of like a, it goes up an extra gear right at the end. Yeah, it felt more rich than its very short duration. It felt there was more in it. It's it's always surprising when a piece is really short, but it has so much in it. (laughs) Yes. So you're right. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned liking invention earlier on. Your piece is actually called reinvention number one yes i like sometimes to pay tribute to composers before me and in this case johann sebastian bach who wrote inventions two-part and three-part what do we mean by parts in a two-part invention but the two-part inventions only have two single like the 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 right hand plays the single notes left hand plays single notes so they're all single notes whereas three-part inventions Sometimes left hand plays more than one note at the same time. There's voices. They're all happening at the same time. And so I found three part, of course, much harder. It's a level up or many levels up. <laughs> <laughs> so I never really got the hang of it. The voicing of them is very important. I was, of course, playing them as a piano student because they were part of repertoire. And specifically, the two part inventions stuck in my head more than the three part inventions. And when I was writing a piece for recorder and strings for Genevieve Lacey, this wonderful recorder player, I just thought, why don't I just go into that library and find some treasure trove of material, which is always great. I find that really helpful to trigger a piece. It doesn't mean that I wrote an arrangement of inventions. I wrote my pieces, they're called reinventions. There are six of them, by the way. This one is number one right. because yep. it's like a suite. But they don't have to be all done together ever. They can all be by themselves. It was just the starting point, and I could go on and do my own chords and my own melodies. I've decided to be totally free and use it mostly as an inspiration. And sometimes, of course, I took occasional motive and transformed it or repeated it endlessly (laughs) or I added some kind of Bach typical chord progression into it so it was a really fun piece to write having said that there was written for recorder I also made an arrangement here and there for other instruments and the recording you're going to listen to is from Angela de for her ensemble called La Pieta which is all women and I really loved what they did, how they arranged the recorder part into the violin solo. Yeah. So it's inspired by Bach, but as you say, it doesn't sound like Bach. It sounds like you. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted it to be really just good mood piece. Yes. It was always my favorite as a child, F major. It's, it's uplifting and good energy, just good energy and just gives you this push into the day where you feel everything's possible, that kind of thing, that kind of feeling. It's cool. So the record has been arranged out of your piece, but in Elizabeth Yunan's Dabka from her dance suite, the recorder is very prominent. Yes, and harpsichord, among others. And she is a very young composer. I also met her recently. Very lovely person, very humble, very good composer. She comes from the Middle Eastern roots, and she connected those together with Baroque. So it's a very unusual combination. Mm. And this particular dance is like a wedding dance or danced at the weddings. Um, Dabke. Terrific playing and again, full of vitality and spark. Yeah, and nice rhythms. And yeah, I felt it's another one of those uplifting pieces that, yeah, never go like nowhere. They always go somewhere. It, It holds your attention, I would say. That's what I liked about it. The next piece is by Elizabeth Jigalin. She says that she composes curious sound pits of sound. (laughs) She does very interesting things. She loves to deconstruct and construct, and sometimes she works with found objects. She has this ensemble of friends where they do concerts and they create sounds out of anything, paper, keys, anything. She's very creative, very inventive. I love that she is fearless and she's not scared of absurdity, absurd things, which I love. It's a little bit like Dadaism. I love that Dada movement. I love when people do really weird things and say strange syllables. I love that. During pandemic, she wrote a piece for three flutes and she said it didn't happen. So it was delayed. And then she decided to just create this particular version of it called, she called Decomposed because the actual piece didn't happen ah, during I see. the pandemic. The piece is called Flutes of Clearway. And this particular version is decomposed. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's part of the title. Or I think <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. so she takes the three people playing the flute, and then she's manipulated the recording and the video of it. She's extremely smart with the electronics. Yeah, very fun person, also very nice and very talented, clever, works very hard. Catherine Milliken's piece is called Fast Forward, and she wrote this for the 40th anniversary of Ensemble Moderne, which is one of the world's leading groups focused on contemporary music. Yes, very important to say that 
Catherine was actually the founding member of that ensemble. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I call her Kathy. I have known her since 83. And the Ensemble Modern was formed around that time. She is an oboe player, a wonderful oboe player, world class. And over the many years, she's also done a lot of education projects. She can work with audience. She works with masses of people, with choirs, and creates things in workshops. She's quite an incredible person. She worked for many years uh, at Berlin Philharmonic as a manager of education projects. And when she left Berlin Philharmonic, that's when she started composing pretty much full-time, made it more of her mission to do it fully. Yes. And, and she's working a lot in different countries and with different people and with different ensembles and writes for many orchestras as well. So this was probably the only short piece we could find <laughs> of hers. And I like that it's very different language to other pieces. Kathy, in this particular piece, she's looking back to composers like John K. Schoenberg. The 40 years of Ensemble Modern, she looked back to the styles mm. that they've played and played with that material. It's almost like congesting or concentrating the cells of what she's played before and utilizing the sounds that Ensemble Modern does so well, which is the modern, very modern sound, very experimental sometimes. Yeah. And it's a great contrast to other pieces as well. Yes, there's, an, there's a real intensity to it. Catherine's work is hugely precise. Every sound has beginning and end, and it's nuanced and so thought through and detailed. Nothing is random with Kathy. Perfect. And from a great oboe player, we turn to a great sax player in Christina Leonard. Yes. <laughs> and her piece, Falling. That was a discovery for me because I know Christina as a saxophone player, as a wonderful, incredible saxophone player with whom I work very often. And if I'm writing a piece for an ensemble, I often add saxophone because I know Christina will do the great job. <laughs> so I get her to do it um, often. She has always been composing, but I've never really heard a lot of what she's done. But she just by accident sent me this piece and said, oh, what do you think? And I just thought, wow, that is so beautiful. It was part of an installation by an artist, Australian artist called Heather Swan. I just loved it so much. I thought, oh, that is just something people hear because the only people who heard it would have been people who went to the exhibition. It never really had a concert, this piece. 
so it wasn't available on any platforms. So I thought it'd be really good for her to put it somewhere because she's extremely talented and works also very hard and very precise, just like Catherine works, works, works. Catherine and Christina are both friends of mine. We talk a lot about what we're actually writing right now. We discuss where we're going with our pieces, whatever we're doing. So we always seem to be working. And I love that. I, To be honest, when I talk to someone and they're just having a good time and relaxing, having coffee, I don't think I enjoy <laughs> that <laughs> as much. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just workaholic, but that's okay. <laughs> Christina not only plays saxophone on it, she's also singing mm -hmm. on it, on this piece. Everything on it is her. And I just thought it was so haunting and so beautiful. And she told me when she sent it to me, she said, oh, it's so simple. But simple is not easy to do. And it's not that simple anyway. <laughs> I think we're done. It's a terrific list and great pieces and thank I'm you. very grateful to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance to bring exposure to some pieces of Australian women. It's something I really felt really good about doing as well. Thank you. I look forward to hearing all about other com countries and other composers. Thanks so much to Elena Katzchenin for joining us on Cacophony and for this playlist of great choices. Let's have a listen in full. All the music is in the links in the podcast notes. Alongside, you'll find other ways to support Cacophony, which you can do by telling your friends about it, sharing on social media, leaving a comment or making a donation. Support in any form is very welcome. The Women's World Cup of Classical Music is now underway. Listen to the pieces in the musical games and vote for your favourites. Come back for more and thanks for listening.